Annually, I try to read a Christmas story during this time of year and release it on the podcast. And this year, I selected The Steadfast Tin Soldier by Hans Christian Andersen. A couple years ago, I selected Marley's Ghost. Last year, I missed that. And this is one of those things where I try to create these traditions, these annual traditions. And this story is very much about perseverance. Uh, This is not a happily ever after story, but a tale with a very bittersweet ending. And there lies its magic and charm. And it teaches us that we prevail by enduring until the very end, whatever that end may be. And for some of us, these last two years has been a lot of perseverance. And many of us may have had these experiences even before these past two years. So we don't know what to expect from fortune. And we only know what to expect from ourselves. That is what we know for sure. And probably the only thing that we can control. And this is a favorite story of the Ingalls family. And I hope it's a favorite story of yours too. Hi, my name is Kirby Ingalls, and you're listening to the True Success Podcast. My goal is to help you find true success by helping you live a rich and satisfying life, a life of happiness and meaning, and becoming a pillar of your community. This podcast is designed to inspire you to write a new narrative, revolutionize the way we live, and create a ripple effect that resonates with future generations. There were once five and twenty ten soldiers. They were brothers, for they had all been made out of the same old tin spoon. They all shouldered their bayonets, held themselves upright, and looked straight before them. Their uniforms were very smart looking red and blue, and very splendid. The first thing they heard in the world when the lid was taken off the box in which they lay was the words, Ten soldiers! These words were spoken by a little boy who clapped his hands for joy. The soldiers had been given him because it was his birthday, and now he was putting them out upon the table. Each was exactly like the rest to a hair, except one who had been one leg. He had been cast last of all, and there had not been quite enough tin to finish him. But he stood as firmly upon his one leg as the others upon their two. And it was he whose fortunes became so remarkable. On the table where the ten soldiers had been set up were several other toys. But 
the one that attracted most attention was a pretty little paper castle. Through its tiny windows, one could see straight into the hall. In front of the castle stood little trees, clustering round a small mirror, which was meant to represent a transparent lake. Swans of wax swam upon its surface, and it reflected back their images. All this was very pretty, but prettiest of all was a little lady who stood at the castle's open door. She too was cut out of paper, but she wore a frock of the clearest gauze and a narrow blue ribbon over her shoulders like a scarf. And in the middle of a ribbon was placed a shining tinsel rose. The little lady stretched out both her arms, for she was a dancer. And then she lifted one leg so high that the soldier quite lost sight of it. He thought that, like himself, she had but one leg. That would be just the wife for me, thought he. If she were not too grand, but she lives in a castle, while I have only a box, and there are five and twenty of us in that. It would be no place for a lady. Still, I must try to make her acquaintance. A snuff box happened to be upon the table, and he lay down at full length behind it. And here he could easily watch the dainty little lady, who still remained standing on one leg without losing her balance. When the evening came, all the other ten soldiers were put away in their box, and the people in the house went to bed. Now the playthings began to play in their turn. They visited, fought battles, and gave balls. The ten soldiers rattled in the box, for they wished to join the rest, but they could not lift the lid. The nutcrackers turned somersaults, and the pencil jumped about in the most amusing way. There was such a din that the canary woke and began to speak. And in verse 2, the only ones who did not move from their places were the tin soldier and the lady dancer. She stood on tiptoe with outstretched arms. And he was just as persevering on his one leg. He never once turned away his eyes from her. Twelve o'clock struck. Crash! Up sprang the lid of the snuff box. And there was no snuff in it. But a little black goblin. You see... It was not a real snuff box, but a jack-in-the-box. Ten soldiers, said the goblin. Keep thine eyes to thyself, and gaze not at what does not concern thee. But the ten soldiers pretend not to hear. Only wait, then, till tomorrow, remarked the goblin. 
Next morning, when the children got up, the tin soldier was placed on the windowsill, and whether it was the goblin or the wind that did it, all at once the window flew open, and the tin soldier fell head foremost from the third story to the street below. It was a tremendous fall. Over and over he turned in the air till at last he rested, his cap and bayonet sticking fast between the paving stones, while his one leg stood upright in the air. The maidservant and the little boy came down at once to look for him, but though they nearly trod upon him, they could not manage to find him. And if the soldier had but once called, Here I am, they might easily enough had heard him. But he did not think it becoming to cry out for help, being in uniform. It now began to rain faster and faster, and fell the drops until there was a heavy shower. And when it was over, two street boys came by. Look you, said one, there lies a tin soldier. He must come out and sail in a boat. So they made a boat out of an old newspaper and put the tin soldier in the middle of it. In a way he sailed down the gutter, while the boys ran along his side, clapping their hands. Goodness, how the waves rocked that paper boat, and how fast the stream ran. The tin soldier became quite giddy. The boat veered round so quickly. Still, he moved not a muscle, but looked straight before him and held his bayonet tightly. All at once, the boat passed into a drain, and it became as dark as his own old home in the box. Where am I going now? thought he. Yes, to be sure. It is all the goblins doing. Ah, if that little lady were but sailing with me in the boat, I would not care if it were twice as dark. Just then, a great water rat that lived underneath the drain darted suddenly out. Have you a passport? asked the rat. Where is your passport? But the tin soldier kept silence and only held his bayonet with a firmer grasp. The boat sailed on, but the rat followed. Woo! How he gnashed his teeth and cried to the sticks and straws. Stop him! Stop him! He hasn't paid his toll. He hasn't shown his passport. But the stream grew stronger and stronger. Already the tin soldier could see daylight at the point where the tunnel ended. But at the same time he heard a rushing, roaring noise at which a bolder man might have trembled. Think just where the tunnel ended. The drain widened into a great sheet that fell into the mouth of a sewer, and it was a p 
hairless as a situation for the soldier as sailing down a mighty waterfall would be for us. He was now so near it that he could not stop. The boat dashed on, and the tin soldier held himself so well that no one might say of him that he so much as winked an eye three or four times. The boat whirled round and round. It was full of water to the brim and must certainly sink. The tin soldier stood up to his neck in water. Deeper and deeper sank the boat. Softer and softer grew the paper. And now the water closed over the soldier's head. He thought of a pretty little dancer whom he should never see again. And in his ears rang the words of the song, Wild adventure, mortal danger, be thy portion, valiant stranger. The paper boat parted in the middle, and the soldier was about to sink, when he was swallowed by a great fish. Oh, how dark it was, darker even than in the drain, and so narrow. But the tin soldier retained his courage. There he lay at full length, shouldering his bayonet as before. To and fro swam the fish, turning and twisting and making the strangest movements, till at last he became perfectly still. Something like a flash of daylight passed through him, and a voice said, Tin soldier, the fish had been caught. Taken to the market, sold and bought, and taken to the kitchen where the cook had cut him with a large knife. She seized the tin soldier between her finger and thumb and took him into the room where the family sat and where all were eager to see the celebrated man who had traveled in the maw of a fish. But the tin soldier remained unmoved. He was not at all proud. They set him upon the table there. But how could so curious a thing happen? The soldier was in the very same room in which he had been before. He saw the same children. The same toys stood upon the table. And among them, the pretty dancing maiden, who still stood upon one leg. She too was steadfast. That touched the tin soldier's heart. He could have wept ten tears, but that would not have been proper. He looked at her, and she looked at him, but neither spoke a word. And now, one of the little boys took the tin soldier and threw him into the stove. He gave no reason for doing so, but no doubt the goblin in the snuff box had something to do with it. The tin soldier stood now in a blaze of red light. The heat he felt was terrible, but whether it proceeded from the fire of 
from the love in his heart, he did not know. He saw that the colors were quite gone from his uniform. But whether that had happened on the journey or had been caused by grief, no one could say. He looked at the little lady. She looked at him. And he felt himself melting. Still, he stood firm as ever with his bayonet on his shoulder. Then suddenly the door flew open. The wind caught the dancer. And she flew straight into the stove to the tin soldier. Flashed up in a flame and was gone. The tin soldier melted into a lump. And in the ashes, the maid found him the next day. In the shape of a little tin heart. While of the dancer, nothing remained save the tinsel rose. And that was burned as black as a coal. Now it's up to you to put all this information into action. Please check out the links in the show notes, download a copy of the transcript, and support us by smashing that like button. Leave a comment or review on whichever platform you are listening to this show on. Now go out and carry this story forward. My name is Kirby Ingalls. I appreciate you listening to this episode. Honor your service to others and love the impact that you are creating. You've been listening to the True Success Podcast. I'll see you next time.